Welcome to the Legends Lounge on the Country Sport Breakfast. Well, it was the 4th of February, 1975. Most New Zealanders who were around will remember the day that a young American swimmer swam from the North Island to the South Island in 12 hours and 7 minutes, battling very heavy seas and strong winds. Her name was Lynn Cox. She went on to uh, swim Cook Strait along with a whole lot of other long-distance swims. I've been looking forward to chatting with Lynn. She joins us in our Legends Lounge out of California this morning. Lynn, good morning. Good morning, Brian. And I hope you're well. I'm doing great, thank you. Let's go back to that uh, fourth day in February 1975. What do you recall of swimming Cook Strait? It was one of the most difficult swims I've ever done. It was so hard because after five hours of swimming, I was further from the finish than when we started the swim. And the waves were up to six feet, eight feet, uh, almost three meters high. And uh, the coolest thing, though, is that we had people from all over New Zealand that were calling uh, Radio Windy Wellington Station and uh, you're probably competitors or something, but anyway, calling the radio station and sending messages to me to say, keep going, we believe in you. It was just incredible. And then I remember that Air New Zealand changed the course of their flight to be able to radio the weather conditions down to us to tell us that things were going to improve. And then the Aratika changed course of the uh, ferry boat that went between the North and South Island, and they raised the American flag, and everyone came out on board and cheered me on. And I felt like, wow, I'm, I am so lucky to have this kind of support. It's amazing. 12 hours and seven minutes. How did you feel when you uh, stepped foot on the South Island? Well, actually, I couldn't step foot. I could just get up onto a cliff. I used some bull kelp to pull myself up, and it was just amazing because we finished just a little bit after 8 o'clock at night, and uh, it was dark, and our crew was telling me to hurry up, and I'm like, really? I'm so tired. (laughs) And then they realized, they told me that there were sharks, and it was shark feeding time, and so I hurried up. Let's go back to where it all began for you. Why long-distance swimming or why open-water swimming? How did it all begin? I had a mother on a swim team tell me that someday I was going to swim the English Channel when I was just a young age group swimmer. And so I just thought, you know, that sounds really intriguing. And then when we moved to California from New Hampshire, I was able to train with the Olympic coach who saw this potential in me to do long distances. And so at age 14, I swam across the Catalina Channel, which is about a 27-mile swim with currents back then because we didn't have GPS. So I swam a lot further. And then my goal was to swim the English Channel when I was 15 and break the world record for men and women. And And you um, you did it twice. I did it twice. And then I realized that, you know, you can do the English Channel over and over again and the conditions are different each time. But I really wanted to explore and do things that had never been done before. And Cook Strait had been done three times by by three men. And um, actually, Keith Hancock was one of them who was on my swim, helping me and cheering me on, which was fabulous. But no woman had ever done it. So I thought that would be really exciting to uh, do that swim. The other big one for you, and you're probably best known for it internationally, was becoming the first person to swim between the United States and the Soviet Union in the Bering Strait. Gee, that would have been incredible, and the waters would have been so cold. 
Actually, it was a huge deal for me because it was something that I worked on for 11 years and wrote to Andropov and Brezhnev and Chenyanko and finally got permission from uh, Gorbachev to do the swim. And that happened only two days before. So I kept moving north toward a lot to north of Alaska and then out to the Bering Strait, hoping that the crew and I would get permission for me to make the swim. And um, it was amazing because for the first time since 1948, the Soviets opened the border and allowed the swim to happen and permitted it and welcomed us on shore. And then when the INF missile treaty was signed between President Reagan and President Gorbachev, President Gorbachev stood up and toasted the swim and said it showed how close to each other the two countries are and how our relations were improving. Wow, amazing. But the water temperatures on that swim, I believe they were only about six or seven degrees. Is that right? Actually, at the beginning, they were six or seven, but toward the end, they dropped to three, which was really frightening because I was already cold and to sort of see my fingers turning gray from lack of blood flow and um, having my teeth starting to chatter just a little bit, I was really concerned. But we had on board two doctors who were monitoring me and I'd swallowed a thermal pill, which was supposed to transmit my core temperature from my body to a receiver. So they had been monitoring me off and on and, and it looked like I was going to be okay, but um, I was cold the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least, talk about being cold. How cold was it when you had that swim, I believe, in Antarctica? And you wrote a book on it called Swimming to Antarctica. Actually, the water in it, off the shores of Antarctica was zero degrees C, and oh. it was <laughs> so cold. Uh, but the the idea was to you know try to push the limits of human endurance and. I was making these swims in a swimsuit, swim cap, and goggles. I didn't wear a wetsuit because I felt like it's about human ability, not about technology. And so that made it really difficult. But I swam 1.22 miles, um, nautical miles, and um, it was really exciting to be able to land on shore. And now, sort of as a result, this whole sport of ice swimming has evolved from that all over the world. They're doing all sorts of swims in really super cold water. <laughs> I bet they are. Of all, I mean, there's so many achievements, uh, there's things that you've done in your career with swimming. The Straits of Gibraltar, uh, Lago Titica um, in Peru. What's been the toughest of all of them? You know, each swim that I do at the time seems the most difficult mm. because I try to reach beyond what I've done before. And, you know, it's not just about swimming. Often it's about political clearances and coordinating a team and figuring out the logistics and figuring out the route because often the swims I have done have never been done before. So there's this, this it's amazing because you're trying to figure it out. It's like this gigantic puzzle and you're relying on local people primarily to figure out local conditions that can help you succeed. And you work with the local people, which makes it really special because it's not just you're going to a country and doing something and leaving. You're working with people that really know the waters off their shores, and um, you, you do this together. And, and I think that that's something that's really appealing to me. So, Lynn, are you still involved in swimming today? Are you still swimming? I'm still swimming, but I'm also doing motivational speaking, and I've written eight books now, one that just came out called Yoshi Sea Turtle Genius. It's about a sea turtle that swims... 33,000 kilometers from South Africa to Australia, where she's a born. And it's a children's book. And um, 
I'm also involved with uh, Chris Carter, who wrote and created and produced The X-Files. And he's created a movie about my life. And so now we're reaching out a movie script about my life. And so now we're reaching out to producers like Jane Campion and Steven Spielberg and people like that to uh, see if they would like to produce the film. I wonder who'll play the part of Lynn Cox in the movie. (laughs) Whoever has the tenacity to do it, I think. (laughs) Well, look at some of those books that you've written. And your second book was a book called Grayson, which was about an encounter with a lost baby gray whale. Actually, yeah, that was really amazing story because I was training off the shores of Southern California off a town called Seal Beach. And there was a large animal swimming underneath me. At first, I thought it was a shark and was really ready to leave the water quickly. (laughs) But there was a fisherman on board the pier in Seal Beach who told me that I had a baby gray whale following me and that he had lost his mother and that I needed to stay out in the ocean and help him find his mother. Wow. Um, So so we spent pretty much five hours together searching for his mom and uh, there's a happy ending and the book has been translated now into 23 different languages. That's absolutely amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. It was, it was an amazing experience. But also, you know, when I went to New Zealand for the first time, I fell in love with your country and with the people, and had this great opportunity to be able to travel all over the place. Because Air New Zealand said we'd like to sponsor you and, and allow you to do that. So, because of that, I, I was able to go to Christchurch and heard the story about an elephant seal named Elizabeth, who lived in the Avon River. And people throughout the the city came to see her, and she made it a point of living in the town. And so I wrote a children's book about how the town accommodated her and how she was Elizabeth, Queen of the Seas. So um, I've I've enjoyed coming back and learning more about New Zealand every time I have a chance. Well, it's wonderful that you've uh, you've got that thing from 1975 of being the first woman to co- swim Cook Strait at the age of 18. I believe also you've got an asteroid named after you as well in your honour. Yes, uh, there is an astronomer named David Levy who absolutely thought that the, the different swims that I've done were worthy of an asteroid. So he made the effort to name it, in, on, uh, name it after me, which um, is an incredible honour. Absolutely. Not everyone has an asteroid uh, named after them, Lynn Clocks. Lynn, it's been great sharing uh, your life and your achievements with us. Thank you so much for uh, chatting with us. Thank you so much, Brian, for reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. That's Lynn Cox in our Legends Lounge. Just her feet are just incredible, actually, what she has achieved. And uh, we talked about swimming between the United States and the, the Soviet Union in the Bering Strait, um, sort of breaking down the Cold War tensions. This was her when she f- completed that swim. I'm a little bit cold right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very, very glad to be here. Yes, indeed. Incredible. Lynn Cox on the Country Sport Breakfast on Gold Sport.